Hi, my name is Maria Pesson, founder and host of the podcast for women over 50. On this podcast, I will be speaking with ordinary women over 50 who are looking to make their next act their best act. My goal is to introduce you to inspiring women who are doing great things. Also, check out my group for women over 50 on Facebook, where you can join women like yourselves for inspiration, ideas, and support. So I'm very excited. Today we have someone special, and what makes her special is that she decided in her retirement, and um, her name is Janine, I will introduce you in a moment, in her retirement to do something a little bit outside of the box, to give back to the world and help make the world a little better one garden at a time. So here is Janine. Janine, thank you so much for joining us. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background? Well, I really appreciate your having me. Um, I actually had a pretty old fashioned childhood, mom, dad, two brothers and a sister. My dad worked in a zipper factory as an inspector in Pennsylvania until he taught himself electronics. And then he got a better paying job at IBM in upstate New York. And we went from being quite poor to having a comfortable life. Not a lot of extras, but I had a pretty happy childhood. And my mom was the old fashioned traditional mom. She was stayed home, but she was very creative and she made the money stretch. I remember her reupholstering furniture and making homemade decorations and things like that. My mother was the same way. I come from a traditional family, also one sister and two brothers. And my mother used to take a dollar and make it $10. Don't know how she did it, but she did it. <laughs> so I can relate to that background. Well, now I'm married and I have three kids and three grandkids. I'm lucky my kids have to start working on grandkids. They're behind. <laughs> <laughs> it is a great phase. So you decided to do something a little bit different um, in your home. You decided to take up gardening, but not just traditional gardening, but you wanted to approach it in a different way. So tell us a little bit about that and how you came upon what it is you do. Well, I actually graduated from university with a degree in environmental sciences. And I've continued to read up about it and all, and I thought it was pretty knowledgeable. And then my son went off to college and he came home with information that I was totally unaware of. Um, his professor at the University of Delaware's name is Ptolemy, and he's pretty famous in his area of um, plant studies. And I'm sure he didn't do it. I bet he sent his graduate students out. But <laughs> he sent people out to count, believe it or not, the number of critters eating leaves on different kinds of plants. And he discovered something that I found, even with my background, quite astounding. For the most part, insects can't eat plants that come from someplace else in the world. So if you have a plant here from Japan or China or Europe, most of our insects can't eat it. And if we ship stuff to them, their insects can't eat it. I find that amazing. Because, you know, as people, we can eat foods from all around the world. And that the 
critters and the insects, as, as you call them, um, that they can't is really astounding. I'm with you on that. Now, they might be able to drink the nectar or that type of thing, but actually eating the leaves, they can't. Interesting. And it's actually, you know, you might ask, well, why do we want insects to eat our plants? <laughs> That's true. There's been a few that eat my basil plant this year I'm not too happy with. Yeah. But, um, you know, maybe your listeners have heard that wildlife all over the world is in trouble here sure. and, and everywhere. And, um, I mean, there's all kinds of reports out on vast declines of species all over. Just yesterday, I heard a report, report from the World Wildlife Fund. And it says there's just since you and I were young adults, you know, four decades ago, that... Uh, one decade ago for me. Oh, one decade. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a podcast for women over 50. I'm with you. <laughs> um, that the number of more than half of all kinds of wildlife in the world has declined. It's actually 68% if you want to know. Oh my God, that yeah. is crazy. And um, insects are necessary for the survival of almost other creatures. And a lot of people aren't aware of that. You know, like a lot of birds that your bird feeders eat seeds, mm -hmm. but their babies can't. Oh, wow. Songbirds have to feed their babies um, insect larvae, you know, caterpillars and little gross, but I understand. <laughs> and so if you don't have insects, we don't have birds. And we have bats and salamanders and frogs and mammals from bears to skunks. They all eat insects. And of course, insects eat insects. And so insects so are really a very tenuous balance. If one thing is missing, then everything falls apart. Right. So when my son came home, and told me this, I actually took a bunch of classes on it in our local community college, and I got a bunch of books, and I read about it, and I kind of went crazy. <laughs> I, I turned my yard into a mini wildlife refuge. But um, listeners, Marie, you've seen my yard. Oh right? my God, I love your yard. In fact, that's how we met, is because I, I take a walk every morning. I do about a 25 minute walk every morning. And I always pass her garden. I was always thinking how beautiful, healthy, and wonderful it looks. And I, she was doing gardening one day, and I introduced myself to compliment her on how beautiful it looked. And then we got to talking, and she explained her whole um, philosophy about it. Yeah, so actually, my home is now part of what Professor Tommy calls the Homegrown National Park. And what he's hoping, and now what I'm hoping, is that all of us, whether you live in a city and you have a pot on your balcony or you have a whole yard, you plant one or more native plants and you'll have a little mini wildlife refuge. I had no idea, even with my environmental background, how many different kinds of bees, for example, there are. There are hundreds of them, different kinds. Not I just had no idea. I thought there was the bumblebee and the regular bee. No, no, there are tons of them. And my yard is now full of life and you might be intimidated by it, but they're so happy to have something to eat. I can put my hand- I never thought it was overwhelming when I went by your garden. It didn't seem like you had too many bugs. If anything, I appreciated the butterflies, but the other yeah. bugs didn't, it did not seem intense at all. It seemed very Well, average. if you get up 
if you get up close, except, especially kind of one of my plants called mountain mint, which I think is like catnip for insects, um, there are hundreds on there, but they just, they're happy. I can put my hand an inch away from them and they don't bother me. So anyway, I've, I've become quite excited about it. And, you know, it's, it's been a lot of fun for me. So it brings something really special to your life. Well, I feel like I'm contributing, you know, doing something special. And, you know, it actually has changed my perspective too. I used to hate seeing holes in the leaves in my flower or my plants, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, I don't want them to be overeaten, which would happen more with invasive species than with our native species. Usually there's a nice balance. Um, so now when I see a hole in a leaf, I like to do a little happy dance. <laughs> That's great. Good for you. So if someone wanted to become part of this movement, is there a way to find out more? Is there a website they may go to? Well, I imagine if you just, Ptolemy is spelled, how is it spelled? Ptolemy, T-A-L-L-A-M-Y. Um, but if you look online um, on any website for native plants, um, you go to your local plant shop and look, some of the plants will be labeled as native. Um, yeah, you can, and you can start off small. Anything you do is helpful. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. So as a woman over 50, how is this, what has this brought to your life? How is this helping you make your next act your best act? Well, you know, I really tried my whole life to take advantage of opportunities that come and I've tried to continue to learn and things. Um, but each phase has its different things that are good about it. And I, I think this has just been something that's encouraged me to show me that yes, indeed, my next phase of life will continue to have new and interesting things in it and that I can continue to contribute. That's wonderful. That's a great attitude and a great way to look at it. So what do you think is the best thing that you've discovered about being over 50? That we, more, we know more than we think we do. You know, there's an expression, you're older and wiser, and I think we really are wiser. Um, those of us over 50 have the advantage of experience. You know, I think most of us, when we know something, we think everyone else knows it too. Mm -hmm. But that's not really true. Like, I know about native plants, and a lot of people aren't even sure what a native plant versus a non-native is, you know? Yeah, exactly. We, we all have experiences that are different from other people. And we have that to offer to other people and to build upon in our own lives. And I think also experience has taught us that we can get through tough times. You know, right now is kind of a crazy time in the world and it can be scary and we don't want it to be a tough time, but I think we have proven to ourselves we can get through them. We can meet the challenges that life brings us. I, you know, one of the things I learned in my career, especially, is that um, part of my job, the major part of my job was solving problems. And I think that when you think about it, that's what your life is. It's challenges that come up and, and how you approach them and how you deal with them, whether they're going to throw you or you're going to use them as 
a jumping off point for better things. You know, where's the opportunity and the challenge? And that's what I always tell my clients. Um, where's the opportunity in the client so that they could look at their business in the challenge, excuse me, so that they could look at their businesses in that way and not just say, oh, there's, this is a problem, but this is also a challenge that I can make my business even better. So I think you're um, right on with that. I and, agree with you. and you're offering help. And I think many of us, if we've gotten over 50, have learned it's okay to ask for help. Matter mm -hmm. of fact, it's nice to ask for help because then the other person has the benefit of feeling helpful. <laughs> exactly. That's a good point. So let me ask you this. What would you say that you have as your three superpowers that um, you didn't have in your 20s? <laughs> I don't know if I'd call them superpowers, but... Um, I think I have learned certain things or um, like one of them is that I used to be absolutely petrified of standing up in front of a group and presenting something. My first job meetings when my boss would walk in, my head would shake, my knees would shake. Um, it was awful. So I would say a superpower I've obtained over the years is to be more comfortable with public speaking. That's a big thing. It's no, yeah, small, I, it's no small feat. A lot of people have problems with that. I hear some people, meant, you know, a big fraction of people are more afraid of public speaking than they are of death. <laughs> I know, it's really, and you know what? I love to speak in public. I think I like the audience. I should have been an actress or something. So you always have enjoyed it? Um, yeah, I think so. Maybe, maybe in my early 20s I didn't, but I, in my job, um, I worked in the fashion industry, presenting in front of people was the job. Yeah. So well, I was, got over it real quick. Yeah, I was not comfortable. I actually would credit participating in an organization called Toastmasters. I love that organization. I actually yeah. belonged to it for a short time. That is a great organization. I, I went all the way through all the books and, and step by step by step. I went from being terrified to actually I enjoy public speaking now. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, one of the things that I've learned over the years, and I think that you're a perfect example of that, is that we have our circle of influence. And what I mean by that is everything within the circle is what we have in our comfort zone that we can do. So, you know, it's paying our bills, raising our children, whatever those are you're comfortable with them. But when you do something outside your comfort zone, like you did with public speaking, your circle of influence expands. So the more you do things that are outside your comfort zone, the more capable and the more you grow as a human being. So I think you're a perfect example of that. Oh, I, think, I think you're right. I think it's, it's a good thing to uh, continue to push yourself a little bit. No matter how old you are. Yep. Yes, indeed. So, so what, are, what are your other two superpowers? Um, I would say curiosity. I wouldn't say that that's something that's new for over 50, but it's certainly something I've continued to have. Um, I love to learn through travel. And when I was younger, we couldn't afford to fly elsewhere in the world, but we would 
go camping with the kids across the country. And, um, you know, as I've gotten older, I've had more opportunities to make um, use of my curiosity and learn new things. They've expanded opportunities, but it's something my whole life. But one of the advantages now is, you know, I can take a class, like I took those classes in native plant um, information, or I can uh, get a, a DVD out of the library or some online course or something, and I don't have to take any tests. <laughs> <laughs> it's purely for self-learning, and you can learn in whichever way is good for you. You don't have to learn in the traditional classroom setting. Now, I do admire and encourage any listener who wants to go back to school for credit, you know, to do so. And, and sure. I think that's great. But um, I think it's also great just to continue to have curiosity and to learn and, you know, not just assume that you already know something. We know a lot from our experience, but there's always more to learn. Always more. And when you stop learning, that's when you might as well jump in the grave because I think that we should be learning till the day we die. Yeah, I think so too. So your third superpower. Um, I would say I'm pretty forgiving. I really get mad at other people. My feelings can be hurt or I can be confused by what someone does, but you know, I've made so many mistakes that I'm pretty tolerant of other people making mistakes and hope that they'll cut me some slack too. That and makes so much sense. Part of the reason I'm forgiving is because over the years I've learned I cannot read other people's minds. <laughs> no? In all these years you thought that you could, right? For example, when I was in college, maybe a lot of people have had this type of experience, there was a guy who acted really weird around me and I was convinced he hated me. Of course, you know, you're probably guessing I found out later he had a crush on me and that's why he was so weird. So oh. <laughs> I couldn't read his mind. And then one time, another example is a woman had borrowed something from me. And she called me up and said, hey, your husband and I work near each other. Why don't I meet him for lunch at a restaurant and I'll return the item I borrowed? And mm -hmm. I thought, you know, I haven't been out for lunch a long time. I'll meet you. That'll be great. So I suggested that and the woman on the phone, her voice got really weird. You know, and I, mm -hmm. I, luckily I asked her because I'm trying to read her mind and I don't know what she's thinking, right? Sure. <laughs> and luckily I asked her because she thought I didn't trust her with my husband. Oh, you're kidding. It never crossed my mind. That's but so that's funny. what she thought. You know, she was trying to read my mind and she thought she wow. came up with something. So, you know, I just think it's a good idea to accept that other people make mistakes, accept that sometimes we think we know what they're doing and they're doing something bad or thinking something bad and they might not be. Mm -hmm. Or they might be just having a bad day and taking it out on us because who knows what just happened in their lives. You know, someone they loved might have moved or died or, you know. You're right. So I think that's kind of a superpower to 
know, I think those are great superpowers. And the <laughs> thing about those superpowers is you've learned and gotten better at them over time. That's why being our age is so great because of all the things we know. I wouldn't want to be 20 without the knowledge and the experience that I have. I'd have to go through all of that again without any kind of sense of how to do it better. I agree. I would like fewer wrinkles, but not at the expense of my experiences. Exactly. I'd like fewer wrinkles, 20 pounds less, and my hair not going gray, and I'll be very happy. <laughs> well, thank you so, so much for being part of our podcast. It was a pleasure to have you. And one of the things that um, I love about what you're doing is not just the, the specific thing of what you're doing, but the fact that you're taking your life experience and doing something that enriches the world and makes the world a little bit better for everybody. It doesn't have to always be you're solving, you know, world hunger and brain cancer. Sometimes it's the little steps that people do that make the biggest difference and change things in the biggest way. And you're proof of that. So thank you very much for being a part of this. And I've enjoyed having you. Well, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. And I am appreciative of what you're doing to help all your listeners. Mm -hmm.